haven't found it yet, but I'm trying to find the sweet spot between all of that data and all of the, you know, all of the emotion. And how do we combine that? How do we find the middle where there's, you know, where people are giving, not only giving what they can, but giving as much as they can rather than as little as they can. Welcome back to Giving What We Can, where we explore how to use our resources to do the most good. Today we have a very short in-between episode with one of our members, Rick Holland, sharing his effective giving journey. So without further ado, here's Rick. I attended the EA Global Conference in London, where I first discovered what Giving What We Can was about. The more I got involved with animal welfare, animal rights, animal protection organizations, um, and I could see the alignment between a lot of what the effective altruism movement was doing. One of the things I like about the EA movement is that there's so much about, you know, what are the most effective organizations, who's proven that they can have the most impact in, you know, uh, lives saved or animal lives saved or whatever, whatever it might be. I haven't found it yet, but I'm trying to find the sweet spot between all of that data and all of the, you know, all of the emotion. And how do we, how do, how do we combine that? How do we find the middle where there's, you know, where people are giving, not only giving what they can, but giving as much as they can rather than as little as they can. But to get there, I think we need to, you know, we need to have those conversations. I think there's an embarrassment thing as well. Sometimes people are embarrassed that they've supported or partnered with an organization to make great work happen. And I think that's something that, that we need to celebrate. There is this weird relationship with money. So people are spending money, but when it comes to spending it on good, effective work, then we clam up then we don't talk about it. How do we change that? And I think that's part of what giving what we can is, is doing, is making that change happen. And I think there are a lot of people who are supporting great nonprofits, great organizations, great initiatives, and they're, they're already doing it, but they haven't thought about formalizing that kind of commitment. So I think it's, it's beneficial on a lot of different uh, levels in that it's encouraging people who are already giving to, to make that commitment, but also for people who want to make a difference but aren't sure where to start or what's appropriate, this is a fantastic benchmark for people to look at. One of the things that, that really impressed me about Giving What We Can is that you're encouraging the conversations with supporters, with donors, with partners, not only to give, but to make that commitment. And I think that's something that, you know, that we need to have more of. When you make that decision to give to an organization, how do you choose which ones to give to? How do you choose how much to give? So I think even if it's just looking at the Giving What We Can website and getting a sense of, wow, these are organizations that are on board, or these are people that are on board with this idea. It's a goal for some people or an aspiration, but it's normalizing giving at this at this level and I think that's what we need more of because whether they're high net worth individuals whether they're doing what they can to get through the lockdown there's not that kind of threshold or that kind of target for what's an appropriate amount in general we're not having those conversations so I think when we discover that there's an organization like giving what we can that's created that threshold and that's encouraging people to to make that pledge um, that's it's, it's good on many levels. A lot of the nonprofits that I've worked with in my, like in my career, the, the only time donors hear from them is when they, need, when they want money, so when there's an ask happening. Mm. And I think there's so much potential to engage with donors and partners to say, you know, 
I just want to give you an update on what we're doing or you know that hundred thousand pounds you gave us this is how we've spent it when you make an unrestricted gift you give us the flexibility to do X Y and Z here's what we've done so there are all these great opportunities to have those conversations that you know that might be around money might be around the gift that, or the the partnership that those you know that those individuals individuals have made but it's not necessarily around you know, I'm calling because we need, you know, the 100,000 pounds you gave us and we've spent it and we've run out. When you're keeping donors and partners engaged at that level, you don't need to fear picking up the phone because they know what's happening and they're going to be excited about making the next gift. So how do we make more of that happen? But also take away the embarrassment around or the, the, the reticence that people have around, okay, I've made a gift, but I don't want to tell anyone about it. I don't want my friends to feel bad or anyone to feel bad that I made it that I was able to make a gift of this amount. Like, let's turn that around. That's going to spur even more, you know, more giving. Oh, let's make those kinds of conversations happen. Thanks for lending me your ears for the duration of this episode. I hope you found it to be insightful and inspiring. Don't forget to check out givingwhatwecan.org where you can learn more about giving effectively and join our community of compassionate people. Until next time, keep on doing good. <laughs>